Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We come to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, there is no other name that we can come to you. It is only, Father, through that new and living way that you have ordained for everyone. The body and the blood of your son. That we could come boldly and confidently to the throne room of grace. And this morning we need your mercy once again, O oh Lord. Once again, O oh Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Every day, O oh Lord, you extend your mercy towards towards us. And we just want to thank you, Father, for your mercy. And therefore, we come to you once again this morning for mercy. Mercy, O oh Lord. And grace, we need you. And I pray, Father, that Lord, in every one of our hearts, O oh Lord, Father, you would show us all our need for mercy. Only when we need, when we know our need for mercy, will we cry out. I pray, Father, that Lord, you would break everything that hinders us from knowing ourselves how much we need your mercy. And I pray, Father, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, teach us your ways, show us your paths. And Lord, lead us into the way of everlasting life. Search us and know us. And Lord, convict us, exhort us. Father, encourage us and challenge us. Reprove us and rebuke us. Do your work in our lives and draw us close to you. To that end, I pray that you would bless and anoint the speaking and hearing of today's word. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. If you can turn to Lamentations chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 19 to 26, Lamentations chapter 3 verses 19 to 26, very famous verses that we all know. This is Jeremiah teaching all of us how to lament. Remember my affliction and roaming, the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. And so you can just notice how many times the word hope reoccurs in this, in these few verses. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions do not fail. That is true. For all of us, it is the mercy of God which has kept us alive. It is the mercy of God which has allowed us not to be consumed. In verse 23, it says, They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. It is not our faithfulness. It is His faithfulness. Though we are unfaithful, He continues to remain faithful. Verse 24, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I Hope in him. You see again the word hope coming? Verse 25 and 26. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You see, one of the things that God constantly does in our lives is to bring us constantly to the points in our lives where we cry out for mercy. Okay. Um, 
on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. He has to prove to us that every other ground that we stand on is sinking sand. That is the reason why the hymn writer will say, when every other earthly prop gives way, you alone are my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. But you know, that is only a song that we sing. It's still not a a genuine confession. Until and unless we come to know our need for mercy. You see. And God is constantly keeps on bringing us to the points in our lives to show us that we are people who should be hoping in his mercy. Psalm 147, if you will, verse 11. Psalm 147, verse 11. It says, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Now, the point is, who are those fellows who fear him? Okay. In those who hope in his mercy. You see, that is, that is the, that, those are the people who fear God. Who are those people who fear God? They are only hoping in his mercy. They are not hoping in anything else. They are not putting their trust in anything else other than on the mercy of God. Psalm 103 verse 8. Look at what it says. Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding his mercy is the confession of David. But is it our confession? We should, we should know. Lord, you are so merciful. When we say that we are so merciful, only when we have actually come to the point in our lives where we feel the need for mercy. Okay. Right? Otherwise we don't cry out. No? <laughs> Very difficult. Okay. When David was asked by Gad the prophet, three choices. Okay. The A, B, C, and there's no none of the above. Okay. And what is, is the, C, the third, third, third thing is, okay, we can go there. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 13 and 14. <clears throat> so Gad came to David and told him, and he said to him, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? So, uh, by the way, um, um, uh, first Samuel, second Samuel, I think I, I, they, they say that first Samuel, second Samuel and Chronicles was, was written by Gad and Nathan. At least first chronicles and of course by several other prophets who came later. So Gad came to David and told him and he said to him, shall seven years of famine come to you in your land or shall you free three months from before your enemies while they pursue you or shall be three days of plague in your land? Now consider this and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. Okay, so prophets are very clear, no? And then verse 14, this is what he says. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of God for his mercies are great. You see, this is, this is the, this is the reason why David is so different from every other king. Okay. One of the constant refrains in his, in his Psalms is, Lord be merciful. When he, when he sins, Psalm 51, have mercy. You see, and, and we, when we read Psalm 51, we should not commit, uh, we should not wait till we commit adultery to cry out, have mercy. Okay, we should vicariously feel the need for mercy through David. Okay, all these things have written, have been written for us so that the, through the patience and the comfort that scriptures provide, we might have what? H-O-P, hope. Okay, so this is something which we need to understand. So God is constantly working in our lives to bring us to the point in our lives where we'll truly and genuinely cry out for mercy. How long does it take? For so many of us, it takes such a long time. You see, 
We, we are like Jeremiah says, no? The people confess because they are caught. Like a thief is caught. Have mercy. I mean, if the, if the thief can get away, will he cry out for mercy? No. You see? You are caught in the act and therefore you are crying out. Sorry, 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 sir. Have mercy, have mercy. If you are, if you are not caught, will you cry out? No. So, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, we know this verse very well, right? Uh, verse, uh, 15 and 16, 14 onwards, if you can read, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Why? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. See that? Mercy. Our entire Christian life is a life of a series of mercies. The one who truly cries out, cries out for mercy is the one who is actually saved and is actually humble. He is the one who realizes his need. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It is a beggar who actually he will never get offended when you say, Chichi, po. Will he say, no? He will say, Amma. He will continue to say, Amma. God is trying his level best through various circumstances and situations in our lives to bring us to the point where we say, Lord, have mercy. Breaking all those barriers, all those prejudices and whatever blocks in our lives to bring us to the point where we say, Lord, have mercy. That is exactly how he dealt with Job too. Now we read the book of Job, but you know, the revelation of what exactly God's intention was to make uh, Job go through all that he went through is found in the new covenant. If we go, turn to James chapter 5, let's read from verse 10 and 11, verses 10 and 11. Look at what it says. My brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Verse 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job. Okay. And seen the end, what? Intended by the Lord. What was the end intended by the Lord? That the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Okay. So he was brought to that point, Job, ultimately. You know, if you turn to Job chapter 42, verses 5 and 6, our favorite verses, we, we go through this several times uh, in, our, in, a, in a year for sure. Okay. Every academic year we go through these verses. Okay. This is 42, bro. Not 32, 42. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes, what? Sees you. In other words, till now I was what? Blind. Exactly. I was blind. Therefore, I abhor myself. You know, that word for abhor is very interesting. The word is reject myself. I give fail to myself. No, it's very difficult, no? We used to have a professor called Yagna Narayana in our university. Okay. So, he was, he was from IIT Chennai and then he retired there, he became a prof and he used to teach us a course called Neural Networks, no? And he had a very interesting way of examining people. First he said, you know what, I'm not going to give you classroom exams because I know whether you fellows will ratify and come. So he used to take viva. Okay, it is what we call as interview. Interview means they will inter and view deep down inside of your mind whether you have substance or not. 
Okay, so you used to ask maximum two questions or three questions in, in the interview to see whether we got the subject or not. So the entire grade was based upon the interview <laughs> at the end of the semester. And then, you know what, if you argue with him, sir, I think I deserve more, sir. You know what he would say? He would give you a grade and say, this is your mark. And he would say, you argue with him, he'd say, you know what, which, you know what, take the question paper, answer sheet, tell me what grade you want, put it there and leave. I mean, if a professor says like that, <laughs> you know, there are so many other things deep down inside. Now you, you should read between the lines. Okay. Okay. You think that you deserve. Okay. Fine. Fine. Whatever marks you think that you deserve, please write it there and go. Nobody argues after that. No, it's over. So, <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that, 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 that Job says, you know what? I see you. That is my, your answer script. This is the, you know, key. In other words. Okay. And I see my answer script. And when I see the key, and when I see the answer script, <laughs> no sir, I am fail. <laughs> I reject myself. In other words, if I have to do grading for my own answer script, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give myself zero. So what do I need? Mercy. <laughs> Ultimately, in the next, after this, everything is over, what do you cry out? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Very rarely that happens, no? You see, what we want to do is, we want to overcome every answer script. God says, wait. <laughs> Very interesting verses. I'll show you one verse uh, to, you know, bring our <laughs> our self, you know, whatever image down. Hmm? Romans chapter 9 verse 16. Look at what it says. <clears throat> Look at what it says. Hmm? So then it is not of him who wills, <laughs> nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. No, Paul has, Paul is the one guy who understands this concept. You know what he says? I have, I was the one who was the one who has been, op- who has obtained mercy from God to be faithful. It's a stunning word. It's, it's, I think it's found in 1st Corinthians chapter 9. I don't, you don't have to turn there. You know what he says? He says, I forgot to put that. He says, I am the one who has been, who has been shown mercy by God to be what? Faithful. So if you are faithful, why are we faithful? Because he is merciful. That is the reason why he says, I am the Lord who does not change and therefore, O sons of Israel, you have not been consumed in your iniquities. You see, we are all a people who have very high opinions about ourselves. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how high opinions, how subtle our opinions are about ourselves. You, you, Either we have a very great opinion about ourselves, you don't know my talent, etc. That is one opinion. Another thing is, you don't understand what I went through. I am better than you. Why? Because you did not, you did not go through what I went through. Okay. So I am better than you because of the misery that I went through. <laughs> have you ever seen people say that? You do not understand what I went through. So I'm better than you. You see, we all have these. And God has to bring us to the point. Slowly he does that. That is the reason why the psalm writer says, no? Amazing love. How can it be that, you know, it's a, it's a question. How can amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? And then he says, and can it be that I should gain an I? Should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Question mark. Have you ever seen question marks in uh, in songs? Very rarely. 
Okay. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love. How can it be that thou my God should die for me? See. And he goes on to says, this mystery all, immortal dies, who can explain his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. This mystery all, let earth adore, let angel minds inquire no more. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? What manner of love the Father has showered upon us that we who deserve nothing but hell should be called the sons of God. So, self-test. Keeps on subjecting us to self-test. No, we we have in our school we have self-test and then we have paste test. So we ask the student to do self-examination. <laughs> what what marks will you give to yourself? Okay. <laughs> in other words, are you buddhu in your in your own eyes or are you wise in your own eyes? Okay. So only one 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 answer should come out of the self-test. What is that? Examine whether Christ is in you. That's all. The Christ in you is the hope of our glory. You see, understand? And all the testings in our lives, the trials, the circumstances, the situations that we go through is to birth that Christ inside of us. I mean, let him grow inside of us. And we say, Lord, not me, but it is Christ who is in me. It is by the grace of God, I am what I am. Only because of his grace. So, how does he do that? Okay, and we want to show. So, how do we know that our cry for mercy is genuine? Okay, so what should we? What What are the things that we have to overcome in order for our cry for mercy to reach God? Is a question, right? God has to finally see. Kings have kings show what mercy. Okay, let's turn to a very interesting passage. Simple. All of us know this passage. And by the way, it is the last miracle in the gospel according to Mark. Mark chapter 10. And after this, Jesus leaves Jericho and he enters into Jerusalem. And where he is ultimately going to be crucified. Mark's gospel chapter 10, let's read from verse 46 onwards. And this particular miracle is recorded in all three of the gospels. So now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Barthemius, the son of Themius, sat by the road begging. Just stop there for a minute. You, know, <laughs> you see, the scripture is very interesting actually. Blind Barthemius. What does Barthemius mean? Bar, Themius. Bar means son. Themius means father's name. Bar, Themius means son of Themius. No, look at this. Let us read it now. Hmm? Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind son of Themius, comma, the son of Themius, sat by the road, begging. And it's what double superlative. Now what does Themius mean? Unclean. <laughs> what does Bar Themius means? Son of uncleanness. If it is occurring twice, I am Unclean, unclean. Okay, that is understand that. Okay. You see, you see how interesting the scripture is. So all of us can 
relate with Barthemius because we are all unclean, unclean. You see? Scripture stirs. Verily, verily, I say unto you, thou art. And what is the leper supposed to say? Don't touch me. I am unclean, unclean. Only those people who realize that they are absolutely unclean from head to toe will, will obtain what? Mercy from God and will be declared clean. You see? Why? 64.6 Isaiah. <laughs> okay. 64.6 Isaiah. If you can put it in KJV, it will be great. Okay, NKJV is fine. No problem. But we are all... Oh my goodness. So everybody look at each other. Okay? And say it to one another. Okay? And I will say it to you. Say it, say it, say it. Don't worry. But we are all... Hare, say it, Baba. You are so proud that you don't want to say it to each other. Come on. <laughs> we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses, I mean that plural is grammatical mistake, grammatically wrong, theologically correct. Because grammars cannot hold the word of God. Okay. Grammars are, they constrained God and put God in a box. God says, I am about your, above your grammar. That is the reason why Moody said, grammar or no grammar, I hammer the word of God. Simple. Oh, Mr. Moody, your grammar is not good. Grammar or no grammar. I hammer the word of God. Get that grammar? You see, that is the reason why poetry is fantastic, no? Poetry, you don't care about grammar. That is the reason why we are gods. What is that? Poem. Poem means what? No grammar. <laughs> you see, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags before God and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You see? Very difficult for us to say that, no? So what is Bartimaeus? A guy who is actually not blind. He realizes that he is blind, blind. <laughs> Unclean, unclean. I, I was very interested. I said, how is it? Twice it is mentioned. Because all of us are unclean. So can we relate with Barthemius? Of course. It is all there. What, what are we? Begging for what? Mercy. The problem is not that. The problem is God has to bring us to points in our lives so that we can actually truly become beggarly in spirit. For blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is totally antithetical to our points of view, you see. It will just shatter our, shatter our categories. It's a total inverted thing. So therefore, what did they do? They came and turned the world upside down. <laughs> Actually, right side up. But that's upside, upside down for them. The right side up for us. That's the reason why John's Gospel chapter 9 verse 39 to 41. Look at what it says. <clears throat> Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and those that who see may be made blind. Why? Look at the next verse. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said, Are we blind also? Jesus said, If you were 
truly blind, you would have no sin. But now that you say that we see, therefore, your sin remains. You're still what? Unclean. You're blind to your own uncleanness, in other words. You see, that is the reason why we need somebody else to show what we are. And most of the time it's the word of God and somebody else whom God has placed in our lives. Can we see the marks on our own face? No. Okay. Daddy, <laughs> what happened to your face? That's what, who says that? Daughter has to say. Are, how dare you, my daughter, can call your father like this? No. What should you do? Go clean yourself. Simple. So let's go back to Mark's Gospel chapter 10, verse 46 and 47. Now, let's see. A few verses only. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Stop there. See? When he heard. See, sorry, that is the reason why the way to spiritual sight is through Hearing. Okay. It is hearing that is important. It is a hearing which will ultimately generate faith which will cause you to see. It is a hearing of the word of God. And that is the reason why one of the things that is constantly going to be blocked in our lives is to see us that we will not hear the word of God. Sometimes our own laziness. Sometimes our familiarity with the word of God. Sometimes the enemy tries to block us so that we will not hear the word of God. So many things. So many things. And one thing which is being stopped, will be, which will be stopped in the last days, is the preaching of the authentic word. That's the word of Jesus of Nazareth. And you know what people will say? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? They will look down upon the word of God, but it is through the Jesus of Nazareth. And by the way, uh, you know what Peter will say in the day of Pentecost? This Jesus of Nazareth, whom you have crucified. God has made both Lord and Christ, Savior. You see, it is a hearing of the word of God which is so important. It is a hearing which will ultimately cause you to see. It is a hearing of the word of God which will open your eyes to your own uncleanness. I have heard with the hearing of your ears, but now mine eyes have seen and therefore what do I do? I abhor myself. I reject myself. I Detest myself. I give zero to myself. In fact, negative marks for myself. Romans chapter 10, if you will, from Romans 11 onwards. Okay. But whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? But how does it happen? For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Alright, go on. For there is no distinction between Jew Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the problem is, what is the anatomy of that call? Is that call authentic? Which will make God stand still and take heed to you? Is it genuinely a cry of mercy? Because God doesn't see just the words which come out of the mouth. He also sees the intentions through which and the heart from which it is coming out. Because from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Right? And it goes on, verse 14. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom, uh, in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall uh, they preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things and go on. Verse 16 and 17, you know these verses very well, but but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17, but so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is a hearing. That is the reason why we constantly come to the hearing. Lord, even as I hear this morning, increase my faith. And even as I receive the word of God by faith, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You know why? He who works miracles among you and gives you the Holy Spirit, how does he do it? Not by the works of the law, but by the hearing which comes from faith. Or the hearing of faith is the one which through which you fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Be warned. Let's go on. <clears throat> Mark chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 47 now, 47 and 48. 47, 48. If you can put it in the KJ, uh, KJV, it'll be great. 47, 48, bro? Yes, 47, 48. KJV. Okay. Thank you. <coughs> yeah. And he heard it was Jesus. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Many charged him. In that many, you can include yourself also. What did they do him? They charged him. You know the word for charge is very interesting. The word, the word for charge is they increase the price. That's what it means. Okay. In other words, karcha <laughs> dhamma. You know, you it'll it'll cost. It is not easy. It is not free to come to God. What has, what does Bartimaeus have to do? He has to overcome these voices which will block him from crying out for mercy. First voice is a voice of religion. It's not free. It will cost you. What do they do? They raise the price. Okay. I was, I was hearing Prakash Gantella the other day. You know, this man, he dies and he goes to heaven. I don't know if he, he died of COVID, I don't know, but he went to heaven. And even as he is passing through the pearly gates, Peter is there. So Peter said, okay, you want to get, enter into heaven? Only one answer. Sir, I'll ask you one spelling. Tell me the spelling and you will enter it. He said, sir, what is it? What is the spelling of love? No brainer, L-O-V-E. Fantastic. Enter in. Now, even as he's ent- he enters in and he, he just after he enters in, there's a guy, some messenger who comes and says, Peter, 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 somebody's calling you. You are needed there. And Peter says, uh, who's going to take care of this gate? And he looks at the man. Uh, can you just watch this gate for me and just ask simple questions? Okay, simple questions, simple spellings. And whoever gives the answer to the simple spellings, you can allow them, allow him inside. I says, okay. So Peter goes and one by one, people are coming. And uh, he's asking spellings, love, mercy, faith. Suddenly he sees his wife coming. <laughs> and everybody's laughing already. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, wife is coming. And she looks at him. Oh, you troubler, are you already here to trouble me? He says. He says, yeah. What, am I, what, must, I, what, what must I do, do to enter into heaven? Only one spelling I will ask you. What did Peter ask him? Love. Simple. She says, he says, tell me Sekoslavaskya. <laughs> Sekoslavaskya. <laughs> you see, 
it is there inside each of our hearts. We raise the bar down for ourselves, but for others, Sakaslavakya. From next from next time onwards, ask each other question. See, that is exactly what he tells the Pharisee. You Pharisees, you lay so many burdens on them, but you will not even help them. You will not even raise one finger to help them. You will ask them what? You are like the professor in triple IT. They all say, no, simple questions for the professor, very difficult questions for you. Whatever comes out of my mouth, you are accountable. I am not accountable. You are accountable. You see, this is how we are. What do we do? We raise the standard for others and we lower the bar for ourselves. That is the voice of religion. What he has to do? He has to cry out loud and say, I don't care. Son of David! Have mercy. Have mercy. I know you are not like this. I know, I don't, you know what that uh, wicked uh, uh, servant says? I know you are a hard man. Who told you? If God were a hard man, by this time, you think about it, no? You think about it. What does man lord that you are mindful of him? This fellow rebels. What can you do? What will you, what, what, if you, if I were God, what, what would you do? Get this fellow's out. Let us create another universe. Come on. It's so easy for him to do it. Do it. But instead of that, in spite of that, he actually binds himself to his body and he says, I know this fellow is going to fall. Therefore, I am going to slay myself even before the foundation of the world is laid. He said, this is God. It's going to cost you, the voice of religion Religion will say. It is not free. You have to do the works. Sakaslavakya. See, the examination is not tough to enter into the kingdom of God. But after you enter into the kingdom of God, the examination is tough. That is different. But salvation is free. It is by grace you have been saved. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. For all have sinned and Come short of the glory of God. Come short. Only one standard. What is that standard? Gold standard. Not that gold standard, our Bangaram. Who is that Bangaram? Jesus, our Bangaram. That is our standard. There is only one stone. All the other balances are unjust balances. Proverbs 11 verse 1. Proverbs 11 verse 1. Look at what it says. Hmm? Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. Who is the just weight? Jesus, that's it. There's only one stone. He's called the stone and he's called the corner stone and there is no other foundation apart from that. Only one foundation and everybody, doesn't matter who is a Jew or a Greek, doesn't matter. He has to come through the blood and the body of his son. There's a vices of, of religion. There's a vice of offense that you have to overcome. How dare he calls me this? You have to overcome those vices. You know that? You know that? Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to onwards. Let's look at a few voices that we ought to overcome. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, just like Elijah going to Sidon. Jesus also goes to Sidon and cried out to him, said, saying, what? Have mercy 
Oh Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon possessed. So Jesus says, don't flatter me. I know what is coming out of your mouth. Because what comes from your mouth comes from your heart. Okay. So you are not supposed to take those words from in your mouth. You are still, you are still a Canaanite. And I'm being sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Look at what he says. Next verse. But he answered her, her not a word. He answered her not a word. Okay. When people don't answer us a word, what we do? You see the, the pride. Just because somebody didn't answer you. He didn't answer me. And therefore I'm not going to talk to him. For several days. So many calls. One call only. Nonsense. Okay, only one call. I called and called and called. How many times? Once. You didn't answer me. Baba. How we we have our own thing. We we have we are so self-righteous, like Pastor was saying the other day. Doctor says so many things, and ultimately you die. Do you go to the doctor and sue him? No. But everybody sues God. God is on the dock every day. Send her away. That's a disciple. Send her away. What is this constant crying? Send her away, send her away. For she cries. Out after us. This is the disciples. Okay. Of course, before they were commissioned to the ministry. Thank God they didn't remain like this. But Peter had to learn a lesson. No, everything Peter has to learn, he has to learn three times. No, every that mission three times. Unclean, don't call it clean. I mean, so uh, clean, don't call it unclean. How many times? Three times. Three times you did not me. How many times? You, how many times did you ask him? Did Jesus ask you? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. Everything three times. Okay. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost, lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then goes on to say, she says, she came to him and worshipped. The word for worship is very interesting. It's proskeneo, which means he just came and fell prostrate upon, upon, on a face before, before, before God. That's exactly what Derek Prince says. You know, the place that you, that is, that you cannot go down, more down after that is on your face before God. That is the right position for all children of God to be in all the time. What? On our faces. Before God. Lord, help me. And you know what he says? He answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Bah! You calling me kukka? See? Is it easy? You see how much God is going to... You have to overcome these... All these voices of offenses so that our cry for mercy can reach to God. Reach God. And you know what he says? Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat crumbs which fall from the master's table. <laughs> you know, flat up in David. Okay. <laughs> he was like, he was filled literally. He said, boy, what an answer. You know what he says? How he comments up? Look at verse 10. And then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, what? Great is your faith. This is faith. Let it be to you as you desire. You see, you have to overcome the voices of offense. You have to overcome the voices of self-righteousness. You know those examples, no? We know these examples very well. Turn to Second Kings chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Look at what it says. Few verses, we know this story very well, but I'm just trying to reiterate in this, from this 
point of view. Now, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his. Ah, just because you're a great and honorable man uh, in the eyes of your master, you cannot extrapolate it and say, by principle of mathematical induction, I am great and honorable in the sight of God. No, not forget man. That's what Paul says. It is, a, it is a small thing that I should receive commendation from you. I don't even congratulate myself. Why? My congratulations should come from God. Even though I do not find anything against my conscience, I will still, I'm still not justified because my vindication has to come from God. A-L-O-N-E. It is justification by faith alone. So, just because you are in the eyes of your master, you are great. Because by him, don't forget this. The, who's, who's uh, writing this? The Holy Spirit is writing this. Does Naman know it? No. <laughs> Naman doesn't know it. This is the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is saying, because of the Lord, that fellow got great honor, and he thinks it is because of his own accomplishments. Because by him the Lord had given great victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. You see, that's exactly what we are. We are all as an unclean thing. All our accomplishments are just like filthy rags before God. It has, it will not give us one iota of what we call qualification to be qualified. This is not going to qualify us for the mercy of God. No. That is the reason why we are only saved by grace. But the wages of <laughs> sin, that is wages. What do you want? Wages or gift? Gift to go receive karna? Oh my goodness. We also want to give return gifts. And that is that new concept I got later on after a few years, no? Those days when people used to come for birthdays, they used to only give gifts. No return gifts. We just happily used to receive gifts. Now we have to give what gifts? Return gifts. Okay, even your gifts will not receive that free, okay? That is the attitude with which we have, which we receive gifts. That is the pride of life, my dear brothers. Okay, fine. The intention behind giving gifts is, okay, we are honoring you, okay, fine. But why return gifts? That is the reason why, you know what, Jesus says, when you call people for dinner, call those people who cannot call you back. You see? Why? Because he called you into the dinner feast and you can never invite God. What stomati? What? What? What is it? Do you have the sufficient bank balance to feed God? Think about it. Or tomorrow the hosts of heaven can come and have dinner at my table. Really? <laughs> the silver and gold is mine. See that? Because by him. Then you go on. Let's go on. <clears throat> Verse 2. But this, and the Syrians had gone out, etc. Verse 3. Okay, sorry. The Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive, a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Now the gospel will come through an absolutely innocuous voice. Insignificant People whom you would not even consider. 
And look at what he says. She said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. So what did the, what did the little girl say? Go to the prophet. Where, where will you go? Ah, you will go to the king. Why you don't like to go to the prophets? What is this? What is this qualification? Second Kings chapter three verse eleven. Yeah, exactly. That is his qualification. Thank you, Samir. <laughs> Look at what it says. But Jehoshaphat said, Jehoshaphat said, "Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we might inquire of him?" So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, "The king of Israel didn't say. Who said? The servants of the king of Israel said. All the time it's the servants." Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, who poured water on his, on the hands of Elijah. Qualification. Oh, you, you, you should see some of the visiting cards of my pastors. When you look at those degrees, you will know how insecure they are. The number of, the, the, the number of degrees is directly proportional to the amount of insecurity. It goes like this. One whole round. 46 chati. You see that? He poured water in the hands of him. And he, she, she go, go, go back now. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 11. So where does he go? Directly next verse, verse uh, 4. Verse 4. So Naaman went in and told his master saying, thus and so thus the, the, Lord, the girl said. And then verse 5. So the king of Israel said, uh, Syria said, go. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 changes of clothing. Meaning, I don't even want your healing for free. I'm going to give you what gift? Return gift. You see? You see, you know why why prophet did not receive anything from him? Because gospel is free. Freely you have received, freely you give. And if anybody tries to put any price tag on the gospel, he will be what? You know what it says in Galatians chapter 1? If any man preaches any other gospel other than what we have already spoken, let him be what? You know why, why Gehazi was cursed? Why did he, why was he cursed? He was trying to add to the gospel. Gospel is free. And where does he go? It's incredible. The king sends a letter to the king, heal him. But where is the word of God? Where is the Rima? Not in Tabitha's house. <laughs> it is, it is in the wilderness. Look at what, look at what it says in Luke's Gospel chapter 3 verse 1 to 3. Hmm? Now in the 15th year of reign of King Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being the governor of Judah, Herod the Tetrarch being the, uh, Herod being the Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip being the Tetrarch of Ituria, and region of Traconitus, and Licinius the Tetrarch of Abilene, and Ananas and Caiaphas were the high priests. The word of the Lord circumvented all these fellows and went to John in the wilderness. That is the reason why, you know what Jesus said, what did you go in the wilderness to see? Those fellows who are clothed in fantastic garments. No! A reed shaken by the wind. No! Those who feed sumptuously and who wear designer clothing are found in Central Vista. For those people who know what I'm talking about. See? What is he? The word of the Lord goes to a man who's, who's forsaken all this. And what does the king of Israel do? He tears his clothes. Go back. 
Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel. Heal him. Look at what it says. The king of Israel, verse 7. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God? Of course, fantastic. Ultimately, you came to realization what you are actually. You are not God. Can I heal this fellow of his leprosy? Verse 8. Then comes, you know, this man. So it was Elisha. Send a name. And look at what it says. Verse 9. Let's just look at a few verses over here. No? Verse 9. <clears throat> onwards. So the Naaman went with his horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. What will Elisha do? He will not even come out. He will not give Arti. Nothing. Okay. What will he do? Elisha sent a messenger. Go and wash in Jordan seven times. Elisha sent. Notice the word? Sent. He heard the gospel to the one who was sent. And who is the messenger? Gehazi. Obviously. Ultimately, that's the only person who is there. Okay. Go and wash in Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be, shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. And look at this guy. Look at the rage of this guy. Verse 11 and 12. Naaman became furious. Why are you angry? Because you did not give, give credit to your credentials and your resume? You deserve mercy? Indeed, I said to my, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out and do all this jugad. And then look at, look at verse 12. Are there, are not Abba, Abna and Parfar, the rivers of Damascus? Go there then. Go. You know, people get so upset with the exclusivity of the gospel. Gospel is what? Exclusive. There is no other way to God except through, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Said who? Jesus to whom? To Thomas. So that he can come and tell as Indians. And who will ultimately get upset? Exclusivity. Are there not? Jordan, etc. Could I not wash? And he turned and went away in a rage. And look at again, verse 13. Look at how, how, and his, you see, the servant girl, send a servant and one of his servants. Ultimately, it is through the servants. You know, whom, to whom the revelation is given? To bond servants, so that he can reveal the revelation to other bond servants. Only bond servants can get revelation, nobody else. And the servants came near and said, my father, if the prophet had told you, look at this words, okay? This is a verse which I want you to uh, notice very carefully, okay? And the servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, something great, would you not have done it? It's a, it's a rhetorical question. Answer is, yes, I would have done it. And I was actually expecting something great. Uh, look at the next verse. How? Much more. It's, it's, it, how much less you should say. How can the servant say how much more? Then, when he says to you, wash and be clean. It's, it's, it's stunning. What is it? How much more? In other words, yes, it takes a lot more to humble yourself. Because God gives grace only to the humble. Underline much more in that place and go turn to Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5, let's read from verse 12 onwards. Okay? Romans chapter 5, verse 12 onwards. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. 
for until the law sin was uh, law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed when there is no law nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of adam who is a type of him who is to come but the free gift you see that it is not only gift it is gift itself is free it is just to, just so that you don't get confused okay i don't want anything in return huh? it is free gift is not like the offense for if by the one man's offense many died much more the grace of god and the gift by the grace of the one man jesus christ abounded to many and next verse how many times much more much more comes the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in the condemnation but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification therefore for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one jesus christ you see the word again much more coming and then again verse 18 Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Condemnation, even so, through one man's righteousness, righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded. Much more. You see, much more, much more, much more. And you know what the, what the, what the servant is saying? If he has asked you to do something great, will you not do it? Much more. This simple act. Can you just please humble yourself? You know, doing, humbling yourself is much more. For Naman, going and fight, okay, you want uh, deliverance? Go and fight Egypt and come back. I'll give you. Easy. But humble yourself and repent and Dip in Jordan seven times, much more. Much more. See, the word of God comes through servants. How will you receive the word? That is the reason why he heard the word and he cried out, Jesus of Nazareth. You hear the word and how is your cry? The anatomy of a cry. So he went down and dipped. That's interesting. So he went down. That's what it, what we have to do. We have to go down. And you know what God is doing all the time to all of us? Trying his level best to make us go down and cry out for mercy. But we are what? Very difficult. Much more. <laughs> we don't want anything for free. So the, we have to overcome the voice of self-righteousness. We have to overcome the voice of offense. We have to overcome the voice of religion. We have to overcome the voices of unworthiness. Self-righteousness. Oh, Nathan comes and gives, shows a parable to David. What do you think Nathan did? How did he say? This man, whoever did this crime should be put to death. He took out a sword. Okay. Nathan came to David and whispered in his ear and he said, King, you are that man. You are that man. So what does he say? Psalm 51, have mercy. See, have mercy. Overcome the voices of unworthiness. Unworthiness. Remember the ten lepers? Have mercy. They cry out. 
And what does Jesus say? In Luke 17, don't have to turn there. Jesus says, go and show yourself to the... No, out of the ten lepers, nine are Jewish. One is... Now, can a Samaritan enter into the temple? You know what? When he was when he was going back and he heard the voice of Jesus, the word of Jesus, go and show yourself to the priest. My goodness, his heart must be beating beating like crazy. He's going towards the temple. Now I have to show myself to the priest. Now he goes and even as he's going towards the temple, you know what happens? On the way he's healed. He actually ultimately comes back to the high priest. Who's the high priest? Jesus. And he says, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. That is the voice. I am not even worthy. Lord, I am a Samaritan. How can I enter into your temple? But he has to overcome the voice of unworthiness. See, the voice of unworthiness. You are not worthy. Yes, Lord, I am not worthy. Cry out your unworthiness. Say like the centurion, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come into my house. You know what it got, What Jesus will say? Great is your faith. Great is your faith. Luke 18, verse 13 to 14. Luke 18, verse 13 to 14. The tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast. Where was he? He was standing afar off. You know, sometimes you should notice people who come to church and who stand afar off. Some people, not all. Some people they just come and they stand afar off, uh, not because of anything else. Some people genuinely feel that they are unworthy and they stand afar off. You know what Jesus says? Come near, come near. Standing afar off would not so much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, "God, be merciful." And you know what Jesus says? Next verse: I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. The other fellow went back dignified. <laughs> justified or dignified? What do you want? See how how much how much God has to do in our lives so that we will cry out for mercy. Jonah is so <laughs> angry; he will not cry out to mercy. Three days on the third day, finally, pa, Jews die hard. I say, huh? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I see Jonah chapter two verse seven and eight. We know this verse very well, right? Look at what it says. When my soul fainted within me, ultimately when he fainted, I remembered the Lord. What were you doing? And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Why those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. What is the idol in my heart? Prejudice against the Zinanoids. That's the reason why one man of God said, it is not that Nineveh needed Jonah. Jonah needed Nineveh. Jonah needed Nineveh. We think that uh, God needs our ministry. The ministry. No, 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 no. We need the ministry. <laughs> Honestly, I'm telling you, you know, after having come to the ministry, I realized how much I need the ministry. Otherwise, I would be so slack in my spirit. My responsibility is not there. Pastor James is there. Happy. I see. That is the reason why many people don't, don't want to come to the ministry because they know the responsibility with which Ministry has uh, the responsibility. We like to enjoy and relax. And then finally, 
when he cries out for mercy, when he overcomes all these vices, what does Jesus do? He stops. Let's go back to Matthew chapter, sorry, Mark chapter 10, verse 49 now. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying, be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. In, in other words, finally you fellow, you don't deserve anything. This is what he's calling you. What to do? It's like Ziba, no? He's blame. But what to do? He's calling. He's almighty, I'm almighty. So, what can we do? <laughs> he's saying, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. So, what does this guy do? He does three things. Look at what it says in verse 15. He throwing aside his garment. What was his garment? All about th- all these things in his life, which was his past basically. His unworthiness or his worthiness. His what we call as um, low self-esteem or no esteem or high self-esteem. Whatever it is, you can name it and claim it. He put that thing aside and he threw it out. And you know what he said? Lord, this is who I am. Just as I am without one plea that thou, that, that, that the, the blood should, uh, should cleanse me and I come to thee just as I am. Just as I am. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. He just comes, just as he is. Thank you. But that thy blood should was shed for me. And that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Thank you, Sammy. You see. Sammy has got his report Oh my goodness. <laughs> you see, come, just come, just like that. Just as you are. Meaning that I don't have to do anything? Nothing. No performance? No performance. What will you perform before God? What performance? Come just as you are. You see, even after we are saved, we, are, we don't perform. We are only faithful. We walk by faith. We don't perform. Abel didn't perform. Abel worshipped. His lifestyle was a life of worship. You know what his name Abel means? Vanity. Lord, I am vain without you. That's what it means. I'm not, I'm nothing. You are everything. My life is a declaration, like Pastor said, that my life is a declaration of not my perfection, but your redemption. You can actually put that in golden words. See, see, the entire book of Genesis is about seven men. You know who the seven men are? Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Seven. Perfect. All seven walked by faith. They were all justified by faith. It's a life of faith. So Jesus takes notice. He takes notice and he says, okay, fine, you've ultimately overcome all those voices of offense, of self-righteousness. I know that mercy, that cry for mercy is genuine. I know it. It's genuine. Can God really stop and take notice of your cry for mercy? Is it really genuine? It took 400 years to humble Israel. So that is, (laughs) their Christ would reach to heaven. At least three or four generations. You see, how long will your cry for mercy reach heaven? Take take time to reach heaven. He threw he threw aside his garment. He arose and he came to Jesus. So what does Elijah say? 
come near. And verse 5, uh, verse 51. And Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? What a strange question to ask. <laughs> what is? What do you want me to do for you? It's a question they ask all of us. All of us. What do you want me to do for you? Do you want me? Or you want a solution for your problem? What do you seek? He asked the disciples, what do you seek? And they say, Rabbi, where do you live? And you know, finally, once they stay with Jesus for one night, one guy is super excited and he goes and says, Eureka! That's what it means in, in Greek. We have found the Messiah. We found him. Our search ends here. What do you seek? Or whom do you seek? <laughs> you know, it's very interesting the way he, this guy responds. Look at what it says. He was correct. First, first, what does he call him? He says, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David. Now look at how he his complete answer changes. The blind man said to him, Jesus of Nazareth, no. Rabboni. What does that mean? My teacher. <laughs> my teacher. Can I receive my sight, please? You see, ultimately, I heard that he is Jesus of Nazareth. But my eyes have to see him. I should have a personal encounter with God. Everyone. Christianity is not a religion of groups. Okay. There is no Gumpalo Govindam Nalgurta Narayana. Okay. Everybody says Narana, you also say Narana. You say praise the Lord, praise the Lord. There are, there are, there are no shibboleths in the new covenant. Okay. Everybody has to have a one-on-one encounter with God. It doesn't matter how small you are or how big you are. Everybody, irrespective of your background, doesn't matter what your background is. You have to have one on What do you say I am? And you know what he says? Raboni means not teacher. My teacher. It is now personal now. John chapter 20, verse 24 onwards. Hmm? This is our Thomas who came to India. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. What did he say? The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said, unless I see him. Okay. No, there are, there are, there's a voice of unbelief. But you know, still he says, you know what? I want to experience him myself. You know, sometimes you know, children, no? Uh, once they start getting a taste of the subject, no? They say, I want to solve it. Uh, That is when you know, okay, they have arrived. (laughs) They have come of age. I want to do it myself. I want to read it. Now, Emmanuel is reading books now, okay? See, I've never seen her transformation. The transformation, our, our vocabulary completely changed after she, she started uh, reading books. Of course, her understanding is still limited, you know, because in one of the books, one of the characters is a very, um, a very stern woman, okay? So the protagonist of the story calls that woman a dragon, okay? And she says, Papa, Papa, you know what? Kit had two friends. One was a dragon. I said, how can dragon be a dragon be a... But she was, she didn't understand no, that the character calls him, calls her a dragon. She was thinking the dragon was really the companion of the kid. But still, you know, when you, when, when children start reading and they trade, they say, you know what? I am enjoying it. This is a fantastic story. I love this. They have arrived. Till then, what are you doing? You are reading books for them. 
Now what are they doing? They are enjoying it themselves. I have to say. Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails. Put my finger into the print of the nails. You know what? I have to feel the prints. I have to feel it. Put my hand in his side. I will not believe. Good. I want empirical data and evidence. Okay. I want to do experiment in the laboratory. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, peace to you. And then, then he said to Thomas, reach, touch. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Then Thomas answered and said to him, what a fantastic answer. Look at this. My Lord, my God. Now what has happened? Jesus of Nazareth has become my teacher. Not Rabbi, Rabboni, my teacher. That is the reason why the Holy Spirit has to be poured out upon all flesh. And the Holy Spirit is the anointing. That's the reason why 1 John chapter 2 will say, the anointing that you have received from our, he is able to teach you all things. He's able to teach you. My teacher. John's Gospel chapter 4, verses 39 to 42. Okay, look at what it says. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. And then, verse 40. Yeah, verse 40 and 41. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And verse 41. And many more believed because of his word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said. For we ourselves have heard him. And we know that he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. We have seen He has to become my teacher. And then what does, what does Jesus do? Mark's gospel, chapter 10, verse 52. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. Your way is my way. I am not going to go my way anymore. I'm going to follow you. Follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. Everywhere, anywhere, I will follow him. I will follow you. No turning back anymore. I received my sight not to do my own things in my life. And Jesus says, you know, it's incredible. No? Jesus says, go your way. Go your way. You know what he says? No, Lord. I'm coming after you. And immediately he received a sight and followed Jesus on the road. And there's one word. The road is the way of the cross. So what does scripture say? Every man has to deny himself, pick up the cross and follow me. If you are indeed my disciples, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know what? It's, uh, I'm sorry. We can just look at that one, one verse. Exodus chapter 33 verse 13. Exodus chapter 33 verse 13. If you can put it in, in uh, NLT, it's fantastic. NLT. NLT. It's very interesting. Please. If this is really so, show me your intentions. Okay, NIV, sorry, NIV, NIV. Okay, sorry, not intention, okay. Uh, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor. Yes, I found favor. If I have found favor in your eyes, show me your ways so that I will continue to find favor with you. Remember that this is your people. So in other words, Lord, I want to know your ways. I don't want to walk my way. I want to follow you 
all the days of my life. You see, Jesus knows who will follow him. But he still leaves the answer to you, the, 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 the option to you, the choice to you. Yes, you received your sight. What are you going to do? Go your way or will you make your way my way? Your way is my way. So this morning, how much should God try? Should work in your life so that he can bring you to the point where you'll cry out for mercy. Has he been doing that? Do you regularly cry out for mercy? It says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the merciful, for shall they, for they shall obtain mercy. It is not because we show mercy that we get, get mercy. No, 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 no. We need the mercy of God every day. If we want to enjoy the umbrella of God's mercy and want to continue to be under the umbrella of God's mercy, you know what we should do? Lord, let my life be a life of extending mercy. You know, one of the things that I constantly think in my life, some words people say to us, we hold a grudge. Ten years down the line, will that matter? Forget ten years down the line. In eternity, will that matter? Somebody said a word to you. Somebody offended you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody called you names. Somebody didn't accept your ministry. Somebody despised your calling. Somebody said, what are you doing? Somebody got offended because, you know, you didn't expect them, I mean, they didn't expect you to behave the way you behaved. I was listening to David Wilkerson the other day. There was a young man who came to his office one day and he told him, Brother Dave, for 15 years I did not receive every prophecy that you spoke because you spoke against rock and roll. And I was offended. I was coming to your church. I was listening to every sermon. I was listening to every prophecy, but I did not receive any prophecy. You know why? Because I was so offended. And you know, David Wilkerson said, you know, said 15 years? 15 years? 15 years? You know how people just block the word of God in their lives because they carry offense. They stop receiving the word. And will it matter 15 years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Will it matter? You look back and you will say, how silly, silly, silly. We fight over silly things. Remember Jesus, they said, my, my, ask my brother to share the property. <laughs> what has happened to you? Let's stop with this now. Rajkumar Ramachandran, you know, you know him very well. He's called the walking, talking Bible. He was, minister, he, was, he was telling this uh, example of uh, a bunch of church elders who took the church issue to the court. And they, were, and they were putting the case before the judge in Delhi. And the, and the judge got so fed up. And he looked at those two brothers who brought the court case. Is there not any people in your church who can handle this issue? Why are you bringing it to us? What does scripture say? <laughs> you know, ultimately the unbelievers. Silly things you fight over. Property. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. The earth will be yours, Baba. Earth. What do you want? Earth or 250 yards? What do you want? We are so myopic. Short-sighted. 
you know we handle and we have grudges in our hearts 50 years 20 years down the line they don't even matter husbands and wives they don't talk to each other because one word they said or she said one word is enough like pastor said one push is enough for 40 years of staying in the cave look back how silly 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 things we are literally silly fellows and god says just cry out extend mercy don't be like shimei you say what a god we have you know we don't we have this religious spirit you know remember nabil qureshi told david wood he said how can your god be just, righteous and just how can he cause an innocent man to die in your place you know david wood was a fantastic wise man you know what he said just imagine if i ha- if i was in real debt i ha- i went into debt because of my own sin because of my negligence and you come to me and you decide to pay off all my debt will i say oh how wicked you are to pay off my debt or will i say man you should be the noblest man on planet earth that without any reservation you are going to pay my debt and then his eyes opened and he said my goodness if you have to say it that way then maybe yes you see how the religious spirit is we want to justify ourselves god says no cry out for mercy cry out for mercy what is holding you back offense pride self righteousness god hears he knows exactly when the cry for mercy is genuine and he will stop you stand still and he will hear you and he will answer you so this morning let's pray father lord we don't want to be like shimei we want to be like apostle paul who will have the courage to write to philemon and say accept onesimus yes one day he troubled you he was unprofitable to you he caused you harm but don't receive him as a slave anymore but receive him as a brother and if he has got any if he has if he owns you anything put it to my charge that is god who rejected his son so that we might be accepted in the beloved who put a curse on his son that we might have his blessing who made him who did not know any sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of god in him who made him absolutely poor so that through him we might be made rich he took away all our ashes and he gave us beauty he took away the garment of heaviness and he gave us the spirit of praise the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness what an exchange what an exchange and therefore he says in jeremiah my people have exchanged the glory of god for those things which do not profit let's come to him this morning and say lord have mercy upon me have mercy upon me lord and let me be a person o lord who will be a channel of mercy 
channels only. Blessed Master. But with all thy wondrous power, flowing through us, thou canst use us every day and every hour. Let that be our song, O Lord. O Jesus, change our hearts. Make us merciful. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.